Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, this morning, it is my great pleasure to get to share the word with you. And I'm going to talk to you about a, um, what I believe, and I believe the scripture teaches, is a key to life in the spirit. And that is the beautiful Christian virtue of humility. And um, humility isn't necessarily something that is celebrated in our current society. We are surrounded by, how can I get people to look at me? (laughs) The people who are successful in this world, seemingly, are those who can attract an audience, who can point fingers at themselves, who can point to their accomplishments, who can point to all that they are doing and say, look at me. And the job of us as Christians and of the church is to say, look at him. It's the complete opposite. Jesus Christ came as a servant to say, look at him as in the Father. And in doing and in looking at Jesus Christ, we see the Father. And um, so this morning we're going to look at this virtue and we're going to look at how much God loves the humble. And um, so we better start off first by defining what humility actually is. What are we talking about when we talk about humility? What are we talking about when we talk about being humble? And first of all, we can take our example from Christ himself. Because it's his mindset that we're imitating. And um, so I'm just going to start by reading these verses in Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11, if you'd like to turn there. This is such a, you will have read these verses so many times, but I just love them. I love them. It says, Philippians 2 from verse 1, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by having this mind, this same, sorry, by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he did not, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Incredible verses. But I, um, I've always found these verses a bit tricky in the sense that Jesus' life and what he did isn't the exact picture of how we're supposed to be humble because he was God. And so what I mean by that is even in Paul's description here, he says, have this mind among yourself and then just goes on to describe what Jesus did. And so there are aspect, though there are aspects of what Jesus did that we can imitate, I am not in the form of God. <laughs> and therefore I have no problem 
counting equality with God is not something I'm going to try and grasp because I'm definitely not God. But we get a preface in this first where it says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Then goes on to describe what Jesus did. And so when we talk about humility, sorry, if you can go back a slide. Oh, wait, no, yeah, forward one? Where are we? Yeah, there we go, thanks. There, so that's where we should be. And, um, and so with, first of all, we've got Jesus' example, his mind to his way of thinking to imitate. And um, if you now put the next slide up, I really like this definition that helps me, help, really help me to understand from a human perspective, not being God, how do I imitate that mind? And this is from the Tyndale Bible Dictionary, and it says, humility is a condition of lowliness or affliction in which one experiences a loss of power and prestige. Outside of the Judeo-Christian um, Outside of the biblical faith, hum, uh, humility in this sense would not be considered a virtue. Within the context of the Judeo-Christian tradition, however, humility is considered the proper attitude of human beings toward their creator. Humility is a grateful and spontaneous awareness that life is a gift and manifested as an ungrudging and unhypocritical acknowledgement of absolute dependence on God. I can promise you that that definition gets better and better the more you think about it. <laughs> it has more and more implications the more you think about it. But if I can say this, humility is a choice. We can choose to express humility, and that's good, because although it's a choice, every person has one of two choices in this situation. Either they will be, they will humble themselves before God, or he will humble them. They're the two choices we get as people when it comes to God. We choose to humble ourselves before him, or he will humble us. And um, I want to talk now about the necessity of humility. Um, just, to, just to say, you know, none of my points alliterate. I'm not that way inclined. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to talk about in my titles. But I want to start off by um, just, if we can define what humility is, as we've done, we then need to know, well, is it actually important? How important is this way of thinking? And I'm just going to read to you some scriptures from the Word, because to be honest, I think God is clear enough <laughs> with the answer to this question. In Micah 6, verse 8, it says this, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? We've been talking about Jesus' example. Well, here was his example in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle in lowly in heart or humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to be just like Jesus. 
And um, that means I have to be humble. I have to be lowly in heart. And um, I know one day I will look just like him. But until then, I want to learn more and more what it means to do what God requires of me, which is to walk humbly with him, and to imitate Jesus Christ, who was gentle and lowly in heart. And then I want to turn to you two scriptures in the New Testament where two different apostles are quoting from the same scripture. So if you want to turn to 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6, stick a finger in there and then go over to James 4, 6 to 10. Because this, this struck me, to be honest. I mean, we've got all these different epistles, um, all, this, all this different content in the New Te- Testament, and... Um, all of this wealth from the Old Testament for the apostles to pick from, to talk about. And these two apostles quote this same scripture that comes from Proverbs 3.34. So 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Then turn over to James, 6 to 10. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, uh, to God. resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. James here is also using some language from the Old Testament from Jeremiah and Isaiah to just highlight the severity of our sin. And... um, I think it's really clear why it's so necessary that we humble ourselves before God. (laughs) Because he opposes the proud. If I am proud before God, I set myself up against God. (laughs) I find that a terrifying prospect. But to the humble, those who humble themselves before God, he doesn't push them down. He doesn't crush them. He lifts them up. This is, the, this is the beauty of humility before God because it's, it's not a, a, an opportunity for God to crush us and push us down, but as we submit ourselves to God, as we humble ourselves before God, he takes the opportunity to lift us up. And that is beautiful. And so if I understand what humility is and I understand the necessity and the importance of me to be humble, then how can we express humility before God? And so I'm going to list a few things. Can you put them in the next slide for me? We're going to go through what it means to lower ourselves, to recognize that he is creator and we are created, to be grateful, to realize our complete dependence on God, not to grasp things, to count others as more significant than ourselves and to look to the interests of others. So first of all, lowering ourselves. 
In Revelation 4.10, it says, The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Sorry, hang on. Didn't write enough of this down. I want to say what they said. (laughs) Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's the angels. And then the, uh, the elders say, Worthy are you, God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Now it's important we understand that being humble isn't pretending that we don't have value. Humanity is the pinnacle of all creation, even fallen humanity. Even fallen humanity is the pinnacle of God's creation. We are still made in his image, though corrupted by sin, though broken as we were. We are still made in God's image and we bear the image of God. We are so valuable to God, so valuable to him. And this is why humility is so important because we've been bestowed with value. And so the appropriate response is to give back all of that value to the one who made it, to the one who gave us the value in the first place. I don't know how sentimental some of you are and how sentimental photos would be to you. Um, They're far more important to Lauren than they are to me. (laughs) But as I'm uh, getting older and as Amelie is growing up so quickly, they are becoming more and more precious to me. But the idea that a photo could be more valuable than the subject of it when it comes to a person is ridiculous, right? The idea that a photo would be so precious to me that I would ignore the value of the person it represents is foolish. And it's like that in the way that we bear the image of God. See, we have great value. That photo is precious. But when you compare that to the value of the person that it represents, it's like nothing. (laughs) And this is the thing about humility is it's understanding, yes, we have value, but when you put us up against the person we represent, when you stack us up against God himself, wow, we pale in comparison. And that's okay. But these elders, they had crowns to cast before God, to throw down. They had something of value to lay before God and say, this is all yours. It's the same with our accomplishments and what we've achieved. It's like Paul talked about. You know, is it I or is it the grace of God? Well, it's the grace of God, but I worked harder than anybody. But yet it's still the grace of God. What we have to cast down is a value, but it's recognizing that without him, we'd have none of it. Without him, we would have none of it. I love this quote from Corrie Ten Boom. I've probably said it from the front a few times, and I've definitely said it if you know me to you at some point, but she was a, um, uh, 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 an escapee of a concentration camp of, uh, well, during World War II, and she found her faith in Jesus Christ And she traveled the world talking about forgiveness, humility, and sharing the gospel with people. And um, 
she, talked, she said this in response to a question about how do you handle all of the, the, you know, the compliments you're given, all of the wonderful sermons you gave and all those kind of compliments that come your way. And she said this, when people come up and give me a compliment, I take each remark as if it were a flower. And at the end of the day, I lift up a bouquet of flowers I've gathered throughout the day and say, here you are, Lord, it's all yours. And that's humility. It's not ignoring the achievements that we've, we've, we've accomplished. It's not ignoring our own value. But it's saying, God, it's all yours. Any value I have, anything I've achieved, it's all yours. And I'm not going to hold any of it for myself. The next thing is this. He is creator. We are creator. Uh, we are created. I am not God. <laughs> and just acknowledging that regularly is so healthy. <laughs> I am not God. And therefore, I don't dictate what I do with my time. Therefore, I don't dictate what I do with my money. Therefore, I don't dictate how my world and my experience works out. And that's okay, because our creator can be trusted. And he is wonderful, and he is great. And I want, in all circumstances, to humble myself under the mighty hand of God, knowing that he will lift me up. And so that means in certain situations I have to say, God, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why this is happening. I don't understand this. But God, I humble myself before you. And I trust and I know that you will take me through this. And you have good plans for me. And you will help me. And I'm not going to try and do this without you. And I'm not going to try and blame you. And I'm not going to try and do anything other than recognize that you are God and I am created. And so I'm going to walk faithfully with you in response. The next thing is this. Humility is about being grateful. The reason in our society that we value, I think, um, politeness so much is because it levels people. You know, the, the person who brings me my food at a, a restaurant when I thank them, I elevate them. Because what they've done is seemingly this menial task of just bringing me my food. And in days gone by when people would have had servants, you know, even in the scripture it talks about, does a, does a, um, does a master thank his servant? Of course not. But in a society where we value each other and we understand that each person is made in the image of God, when we thank someone, we elevate them. And so every time we are grateful to God, every time we thank him, we elevate him in our sight again. We elevate him because we say, God, thank you for this. This wasn't for me to deal with. This wasn't mine. Uh, I didn't achieve this. I didn't do this. The response is gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And see, that leads to us being full of the Spirit because Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. How? By addressing each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we thank him, we elevate him. We say, God, what you've given me, this is, this is what you've given to me. This is what you have um, achieved. This is what you have done. And so I'm thanking you for it and I'm acknowledging it's from you. 
The next thing is to realize our complete dependence on God. And I realize that some of these things cross over. But there's a, there's a, a joke that I probably will deliver very poorly, but uh, that talks about uh, scientists, and they have figured out how to create life. And they are having this uh, conversation with God, and they say, we have figured it out. We've got it. We can turn dust into people, just like you did at the beginning. And so God says, okay, well, let's see then. So God, he, he creates life. He shapes and forms this man and breathes life into him. And life springs up from this person. And the scientists, you know, they crack their fingers, they get ready, they take the dust, and God says, whoa, 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 hang on, get your own dust. <laughs> and for all of our achievements, for everything that we can do, for all the good choices that we make, we are completely dependent on God. In him I live and move and have my being. I have, I have no basis, I have no starting point. And the thing is, is when it comes to the people that we're reaching out to, when it comes to those people who don't know Jesus, maybe they come from a different background to us. Maybe they come from a different experience as us. Maybe you'd look at that person and say, oh, even if I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't have done that. But hey, do you know what? The only reason you have those morals, because you were brought up in that family, because your parents taught you that way, because you understood and you agreed with that morality, it's all by the grace of God. You had no control over those things. You had no control over where you were born, the family you were brought into, the morals you were raised with. You had no control over those things. And yes, maybe you made good choices along the way, but praise God. Because I know lots of people who were brought up in wonderful environments and made terrible choices. I am who I am by the grace of God. He has done everything for us. And the more we realize our dependence on him, the more we become grateful, the easier it is to humble ourselves and the more we recognize how possible it is for any person to find Christ. Because it is all by his grace. One of the things that we can um, imitate in God's mindset, um, in Jesus' mindset, is not to grasp at things. Christ says he didn't count equality with, uh, Paul says that Christ didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped. Peter says, humble yourself so at the proper time he may exalt you. And if I can simply say this, allow him to lift you up. Just allow God to lift us up. We don't need to grasp at opportunities. We don't need to fight for our place. We can simply allow God to lift us up at the right time. Because he knows what the proper and right time will be. He knows when that lifting up will be the best for us. He knows when we won't be crushed under the weight of responsibility or pressure that comes with things. He knows that he'll do something in our hearts so that when he gives us that promotion and it's more money than I've ever seen in my life, I know how to handle it. Or he knows that when people bring me those compliments or speak to me in that way, that it won't inflate my ego, but actually I'll be ready to turn around and say, Lord, all that was from you, thank you. And remain humble. We should count others as more significant than ourselves. This is really practically one of the things that we can do. And you know, this is a process. All of this, all of this is a process where we become more and more humble as we see and imitate Christ, as, we, as the Holy Spirit changes us. And sometimes he'll put us in circumstances where we can see what needs to change. Say sometimes, 
a lot of the time in my case. One of such occasions was recently at the ladies' breakfast. And uh, the ladies' breakfast was fantastic, phenomenal. It was so well organized, so beautifully done. The people that shared were amazing. But one of the things that happened was they all loved being there so much that it, it ran on a while. And, um, and I found myself being totally honest with you. The Holy Spirit had asked me, he said, when, when Lauren said she's going to be doing it, the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to go and serve at that. You need to go and help at that. So I said, okay, that's fine. I'll go do that. Well, of course, Lord. Humble myself under your hand. I'll serve these wonderful ladies. Praise God, yes. <laughs> and it ran on a little. And wow, I tell you what, I got frustrated. And I hope... I. Lauren knew, but I hope I hid that relatively well. <laughs> but I just found myself getting more, and there was no reason for it, right? I wasn't even doing anything afterwards. Like I'd, it did not matter at all that it ran on, but I just found myself getting frustrated. And the Holy Spirit was like, hey, look at this. And I had to humble myself under the mighty hand of God and say, God, I'm sorry that this is my attitude. There's absolutely no reason for this. This is not appropriate. I'm sorry, forgive me. Help me now to just serve well I don't want to be like this I heard Russ my father-in-law pipe up in the background at one point going hey don't worry about it if we can't give an extra hour to serve the ladies of our church then oh cheers that's that's another uh, (laughs) another but God puts us in circumstances to humble us and as soon as I think that I've made it as soon as I think Oh, look at me walking in humility. I realize, oh, I've missed it totally. <laughs> but in that moment, I had to count other people as more significant than myself. I had to just realize that what was happening in that room, what was happening, what God was saying, what he was doing was far more important than my hour of time. <laughs> Those ladies in that room, far more significant than me. That's how I need to treat them. Just being honest with you. And in the same token, we're supposed to look to the interests of others. Interestingly, it doesn't tell us to completely disregard our own interests, but look to the interests of others. Making sure we're doing those things. Making sure we're looking to what will bless other people. What will help other people. What will lift other people up. What will restore other people. Humility is much e- makes it much, much easier to live with other people. <laughs> Being humble makes it much easier to live with other people. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to live with this many people without Jesus? <laughs> because I'm telling you now, Mike without the Holy Spirit would be horrific to try and live with. I promise you that. And then you guys wouldn't have the Holy Spirit making you gracious and forgiving and loving toward me either. It'd be entirely dependent on you guys to put up with me, and I don't think you could do it. Not without the Holy Spirit. Because our love is supposed to be supernatural. No matter how nice a person you are, no matter how nice a person I am, without Jesus, I'm not, do- I'm not, I'm not reflecting Jesus. The Old Testament and everything leading up to Jesus proves to me that is the case. We cannot do life without him. I don't think you last 24 hours, to be honest. So how does the Holy, how does humility 
enable us to live spirit-filled? Well, we've touched on some of these things already, but living spirit-filled could be a synonym for keeping in step with the spirit or uh, being in the spirit, but simply being filled means living life full of the spirit. And I think about God and my life being directed by God and I live with him and for him and humility facilitates this because it says, God, your life lived through me is far more important than anything else I could be doing. In John 3.30, John the Baptist says of Jesus' ministry that he must increase, that is Jesus, and I must decrease. And I think when we get saved, we begin that journey. See, this morning we have been engaging in spirit-filling, humble acting activities. We have been exalting the name of Jesus, lifting him up. We have, been, we have seen people who have humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God as they've been baptised. We have declared to God, we are willing to sit here and listen to the word of God being read to us and being willing to change because of it. That is humility. And it produces life in the spirit. Humility is not about beating ourselves up or thinking little of ourselves. It's firstly, and most importantly, thinking rightly about God, seeing him as he is, seeing the beauty of Christ, seeing all that he's done, how holy he is, how incredible he is, how glorious and wonderful he is. And humility is the natural response from us when we see that. Of course. John, in Revelation, he sees Jesus, his greatest friend, the person he loves, the closest disciple, and falls down at his feet as though dead. Humility. It's also allowing and letting the view of myself be shaped by him. How blessed I am, how loved I am, how forgiven I am. All of these come into focus when we see ourselves in our proper place in relation to God. And when we live like this, we can be trusted with God's glory. We can be trusted with miracles. We can be trusted with character that will be so beautiful and so attractive to people that if we're not careful, people will exalt us. We'll do miracles that people will try and exalt us. But if we're humble, we can be trusted with those things because we'll say it's nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus. He has done all of this. He has achieved all of this. I have no righteousness of my own to offer you. But Jesus has everything to offer. Could you just put up the next slide for me? I just want to uh, finish with this. Um, and this is a, just a small timeline of Paul's life and when he uh, wrote his epistles. And I just want to point something out because Paul had this growing revelation of who he was. So um, Paul is saved around 34 AD and uh, around 15 years later he starts writing the letters that we have recorded for us. So around 49 AD we get Galatians, 52 AD, Thessalonians 1 and 2, 54 AD, 1 Corinthians. These are rough and there are some like flex within these dates but roughly. Uh, 56 AD, we get 2 Corinthians, Romans. 61 AD, uh, Philemon, Colossians, Ephesians. 62 AD, 1 Timothy and Titus. 64 AD, 2 Timothy. 
And in 1 Corinthians, we get this statement from Paul saying that he is the least of all the apostles. But he also, in the same sentence, talks about the purpose for which God has saved him. He also, in 1 Corinthians 13, gives one of the greatest descriptions of love to ever be recorded on paper as a revelation of God. In Ephesians 3, verse 8, Paul refers to himself as the least of all the saints. Of all believers, I am the least. And yet, in the same um, description, talks about why he has been saved and what he's been saved for. And he also goes on in that same scripture, to talk, uh, same uh, book, to pray one of the most wonderful prayers about love and how incredible God's love for us is. And in 1 Timothy 1.15, he, he even refers to himself as the least of all sinners. Of every person that has ever lived, I am the worst. I was the worst, sorry. And yet, in the same preceding sentence, he talks about the love that God has for him and goes on to talk about the purpose for which he has been saved. Humility and an understanding of how wretched we were how awful our sin was, how far we were from God, has no, only increases our understanding of the love he has for us. It only makes the purpose for which he saved us seem even more incredible. It's not about putting ourselves down. It's about lifting him up. It's about getting out of his way so people can see how wonderful he is. Humility is beautiful to see it is beautiful to live with and it's not always easy but living in the right order with our creator and with each other there is no more peaceful or life-giving feeling there's lots of ways we can express humility but if we can regularly remind ourselves that he is creator that we are created if we can be grateful at all times in all circumstances seeing the undeserved mercy and grace and blessings he's poured out on us then giving him all the glory and living well together, forgiving each other, seeking the best for one another becomes so straightforward. Yeah. As we continue to do all of this and he increases and we decrease until his return, I really believe we will live filled and overflowing lives in the spirit. And so this morning I'd like us to finish by lifting him up again and worshipping him and I hope you join me in humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God with me. Amen. And I just believe that as we do this now, if the Holy Spirit convicts you, challenges you, lifts you up, reveals his love for you or reveals your value, then that's okay. All of those things are good. And sometimes those things can be emotional. I've often found when I've humbled myself under God and I see him for who he is, it can cause an emotional response. And that's all right. But what matters is this, that we, with our deliberate action and will and sincere hearts, can say to him, you are God. And I humble myself. You are great and you are awesome and you are mighty and you are worthy. You are holy. We surrender all to him. So will you join me now in just lifting him up and worshipping him? Thanks for joining us today. 
Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.